Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Hey, it's a good day at the cafe. Amen. We're having a wonderful afternoon here. The sun is out. It's not too cold outside. (laughs) Not too cold, at least. Uh, I got some good coffee here. Man, it's just been a good day. I hope you're you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful week. My wife, uh, the in-laws gave her some um, soup. We, uh, they're from Thailand, Laos area, so... We had some soup. My wife's favorite soup is called kapiak. It's like it's kind of like an Asian chicken noodle, but it is excellent. Got to have that today, man. I'm just enjoying God's blessings on our household. Amen. Enjoying God's uh, uh, just great power to heal because I had been a little under the weather for I don't know a while, and uh, it just feels good to feel good. Amen. So I thank God for that. We, we go to Him in prayer when we're we're struggling. We also want to praise him when we are doing good. That's kind of, uh, I think, the point. And I, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, if I keep praising God when things are going good, maybe he'll just keep it going good until he calls us home. Amen. Hopefully you're doing good. And again, thank you so much for listening. We are in a multi-part series here on Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 3, because I'm using this as an opportunity to speak upon the Sabbath, which has a lot of relevance for New Testament Christians, for people like us living in the uh, age of grace, amen? And Genesis 2, 1 through 3, I'll just read it, and then we'll kind of recap a little bit what we've talked about, and I'll give you an idea where we're headed here. Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. And so as we go through the remarkable creation story, the true actual history of our world in Genesis 1. This is very controversial. It's not taught in schools. It's taught here at the homeschool, but it's not taught in public schools anymore for the most part. But the true, beautiful history of God's creation in Genesis 1 is a lot, isn't it? He did a lot, didn't he? He created earth. He created dry land. He created the animals, all that we see. And, uh, you know, if you search up research how many uh, insects are there or birds or fish or whatever it may be. It's millions and millions, if not billions of different species and kinds and so forth. And so God did that. And he did it all in six days. Amen. And that is challenging for some to believe. But, you know, for me, it's not that challenging because there's all kinds of things that are hard to understand, like how the sun, if it were any closer, would burn the earth up. And if any further away, the earth would freeze. And I'm like, you know, the God of precision that went ahead and put the sun where it is and the moon where it is, the God of precision that gives us a day and a night and a season, that same precision-based God, the engineer, the creator, the author of all things, yeah, he went ahead and created everything in six days. I believe it. And here in Genesis 2, we see that he rested. Did he need to rest? No, he didn't need to rest. Of course he didn't need to rest. He's God. He rested as an example. And I always um, think about in scripture, 
you know, not always, but I often think about how God gives us examples. So it's not just something happening, but it's an example, right? God literally burned down Sodom and Gomorrah uh, because of their wickedness. And that, that goes deeper than just homosexuality. It also said that God was upset for idleness of bread. They just hung around, didn't do anything. They were lazy. They were materialistic, I'm sure. Uh, they were hedonistic, that's for sure. We see that when the angels come to visit Lot. Uh, but God burned it down, not just uh, in judgment, but more importantly, as an example, amen, as an example. And we can see that here in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. You see, we see in, in Peter, 2 Peter here, God gave us that example. And so we are to take God's example very seriously, just as in the uh, way that he judged those that were living ungodly. We should also take his example very seriously in the way that he chose to rest on the seventh day and he made it holy. And we should then take a page from his book and live that way. And what we're going to do as soon as we come back from the break is we're going to look at why we're not under the Sabbath anymore. And why, why the Bible says we're not under the Sabbath, no matter what people may say, we'll look at the Bible, what the Bible says, and yet why we should rest and the benefit of resting on the seventh day. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. All right. So this is going to take a little bit. And the reason I say that is because I don't want to rush through this. This is relevant. I mean, I, I've wondered, you know, what are we to do on Sundays? I mean, I wondered this early on in the ministry as I prepared to preach on the topic. Uh, okay, I'm a preacher now at that time, right? I'm a preacher now, and what am I going to do? Uh, you know, are you allowed to do certain things? I mean, if I'm preaching against working on Sunday, and then I go to a ball game where there's athletes, are, are, am I a hypocrite? Or maybe you go shopping and someone serves you. Are they hypocritical? Are you hypocritical? How about an EMT or a patrolman? My brother-in-law is a state trooper. I mean, is he allowed to work on Sundays or not? He seems like he knows the Lord, loves the Lord. Amen. Uh, he often will post scriptures on social media and stuff. He has a... Um, he, he has a, a, a mind for God, let's say it like that, right? Well, then is he not supposed to work on those Sundays that he's assigned, you know, that he is supposed to keep the law and do, do his job? You know, what about the church, you know? I mean, if you think about this, there's a lot of questions about what we are to do. And, and, and I'm going to remind you of Matthew 11:28. This is kind of a verse I've been turning to beyond just Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that's Jesus, of course. So we are to come to Jesus for our heavy laden, our heavy, our overburdened selves. Uh, you know, again, I think of that soup ladle. Amen. I was just ladling in soup, like I mentioned earlier, into a bowl. And that thing gets full. What happens? It starts spilling over. You know, when we get burdened down, you know, it, it affects our lives, especially, especially as adults. I mean, I know with kids too, but with adults, oh my goodness. I mean, it, you have a tough time in one place and then everything else is like dominoes. You know, you go into the next environment, all stressed out, all nerve, you know, rack of nerves or angry or whatever it is. And it's very challenging. You know, we're over, we're heavy laden, we're overworked, we're stressed out, we're burdened down. And Jesus has come to me. I will give you rest. And we spend time with the Lord. We're living for him, 
making him the priority, turning to him, we have wonderful peace. We have happiness and joy. We have a, a, a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and God wants us to rest. And that is like applicable throughout every aspect of your life. So literally, you know, the person that is working all the time, right? That's not good. You know, the workaholic, we'll call them that. And let's say the person that's serving all the time and they're never resting. Well, that's not good either, right? I mean, you need to have temperance, moderation. You need to have rest, right? And so we see in the scriptures that that rest is given to us for us. We are freed by Jesus, what he did on the cross, okay? We're freed by him. So we don't, we don't have to fulfill a law. We're not under the law. Uh, I met a, a group of people, had interesting conversation. They told me they were Christians and they were having a tough time and we were talking. And, uh, you know, I said, well, I'm in the ministry. Tell me about it. And they said, well, uh, you know, we need this and this. And I said, okay. And they mentioned how they wanted food. And I, my wife went and got them cookies, which I thought was a great gift. I mean, that's give what you would like to receive, right? And she said, they said, no, we can't eat that. We're on a Levitical diet. Well, we're, you know, again, I didn't say anything. I just said, okay, in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, well, we'll, we'll find something to do with these cookies. But in my mind, here's the point, okay? Well-meaning people, uh, again, I don't know if they're, you know, I can't say they're saved or not. I'd have to, if I had to guess, I think they were, only God knows their heart, but they've put themselves back under the law. They put themselves under a Levitical diet. And if you get into Leviticus, there's a whole lot of laws. In fact, in all of the Hebrew Old Testament, there's something like 600 plus laws. And some of them are really, really crazy. Like you can't light a fire on the Sabbath day, which means if you get in an internal combustion car, like if you're not driving a Tesla, but you're driving one of these basic cars like most of us do, guess what? That lights a fire. So you can't get in your car on Sunday. We can't, we're not putting ourselves under the law. Christ fulfilled the law. And if you ask me the question, why maybe good-meaning, well-meaning people would be on a Levitical diet or would have these things where they put themselves under the law, or even many preachers may, may try to put their congregation back under the law and say, you have to do this, this, and this. I think it's biblical ignorance, okay? There's tons of scriptures about how we're no longer under the law. Hebrews 1.3 who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he, he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. When he had by himself, not, not by me, not by me, not by anything that I can do, he purged my sins by what he did, right? I told my kids today, I said, you guys, when you guys get saved, amen, you're no longer under condemnation. The Bible says that our sins are not held to our account, past, present, or future. So if we make a mistake, that's not great to make a mistake. We fall into sin or something, but we are not condemned by that because that would make Christ's finished work on the cross not 100%. That would make us have to add something. And the way I told the kids this morning in our Bible study was, look, that's that's not right. God, God does not like that. Okay, if I have to do something to earn salvation, anything beyond believing, I'm now adding to what Christ had done at Calvary. I'm now putting something on myself. Now it's my righteousness personally that has to do something. And that's totally against everything taught in the Bible. So 
again, whether it is putting yourself under the Levitical diet, whether whatever that is, by the way, I don't know what that is, but I know I'm not on it. Whether it is requiring a Sabbath, whether it is, you know, uh, certain groups that won't use the telephone or electricity or whatever, anything that puts you under the law is more than what God requires of us. Okay. The old covenant between God and the Israelites was nailed to the cross as in we, the Gentiles, now can and have been saved by God, those that have accepted Christ as Savior. That it's all done, amen. And the clearest scripture, or one of the clearest scriptures on this, is Colossians 2, 13 through 17. And we may have to tackle this one again in the next episode, but I'll start now. Colossians 2, 13 through 17. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened, that means made alive, together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holiday or the new moon or the Sabbath days, which are the shadow of things to come, but the, bo- but the body is of Christ. You see? So we have the first Adam that introduced sin, right? God said, don't eat of this tree. Eat everything else, but don't go here and eat this forbidden fruit. And Eve eats it convinces Adam to eat it, however you want to say, but Adam ate it. He made his own independent choice. Adam being the head of the house is the first to be judged. He says, Adam and Eve, you're both no longer going to live here. You are now uh, under a curse, the sin curse. And at that time, the devil takes control. That's that principality mentioned there in Colossians. And guess what happens? Man is now under the sin curse. Well, guess what happens when Jesus Christ comes to earth? 33 and a half years after he comes to earth, he dies on the cross at Calvary, taking the entire sin debt, him being perfect and sinless, taking the entire sin debt of all humanity, past, present, and future, that would believe on him, that would accept him as Savior, and paying the price for their sin on the cross. He did that. And when he did that, that's why Jesus is called the last Adam, because he resolved the sin curse for all that would believe on him. That's why we're no longer under condemnation. And that is why, friends, we are not under the law to keep the Sabbath. It is good to to rest on the Lord's day. I believe it's what God wants us to do, but we're not under the law. We're not required to do it because Christ fulfilled the law. And man, we're going to dive into this one deeper as we get into the next episode. But I thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow. Same time, same place.